Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. Here we are talking to HR leaders in our community, and we're hearing their story and what makes them tick. So, Rob, that was a little bit different than I normally do in our intro. So, what'd you think? Like it, you know, <laughs> as as sitcoms continue to grow, their intros become shorter and shorter. And that was that was that was really good. Won't be for long before you just say, "Welcome, Tara here." Yeah, hey, Rob, right? move along. Move That's on. Right. Yeah. We've already said who we are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. So what else do we need to talk about? I feel like I have, you know, see each other, don't see each other. <sighs> I mean, this world is crazy and it's got to be getting close to fall, real fall oh, yeah. by the time this posts. You know, there's always that day in Norman when you're driving across the town and you're like, why is, what's trap? what's going on? And it's the day the students descend upon us. Yes. And I normally, it normally just surprises me, but I'm, I know it's coming. So I don't know I which know. is worse, right? But yeah, about to I get know. right. We both live in a in a college community and you think I chose to live here. Right. And I chose, and I personally chose to live close to the campus, <laughs> but I do not like whenever my street is blocked, so. Oh yeah, I've been down your neighborhood. It turns into a one-way street sometimes. It's crazy over there. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes. All right, well, speaking of, sometimes younger persons, college, promotional, emerging professionals. I love your segues. Ooh, this was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> I didn't know where we were gonna go, but this one landed. So today we have Raksha Rao, and Raksha currently works with Warren Cat in Oklahoma City, uh, but her experiences and uh, passions expand beyond the locale of Oklahoma City. Raksha has lived in places such as Bangalore, India, London, Canada, and Oklahoma. So I really don't know how she landed in the middle of the United States, but hopefully we can hear this. But she's also found her lane volunteering with Oklahoma City HR Society. She helps with the Pathways program, so I'll let her explain that when we get to it. And especially with um, a brand new HR mentorship program that's with Oklahoma City HR. So I didn't want to tell too much about Raksha. I would want her to tell her story to us. So I'm going to let us get on the way and welcome Miss Raksha Rao. Welcome, Hi. Raksha. Hey, thank you for having me. I know. You know, this is really exciting. We get to have people who are from different locales, but I feel like this one is landing the plane because mm -hmm. it's everywhere. I mean, we've had someone Scotland, someone yeah. Uh, where else? Canada, but really, we haven't gotten as far away as India. So, tell us, tell us about you, and then tell us about you how your background led to your career. We, yes, that is a um, loaded question, but yeah. here we go. I'm yeah. trying to think about how far back I need to go for this, and I'll, I'll probably go back as far as I can remember to make to, to the point where I, I started to make decisions um, that impacted my life. Sure. Um, I grew up in India. It's a small town. It's Bangalore. It's now a metropolitan city. But when I grew up, it was a small little um, tiny town. Everybody knew each other. We spoke a regional language. So really kind of small town, um, India grown. And my father, he still runs a family business. So we run a machine shop business in India, Bangalore. And my mother is 
fully involved in the philanthropic side of the business and the community. So growing up, it was kind of this, like I almost want to call it a tugging sort of relationship between my father always talking about where's the money? Where's, where are my profits? What do revenues look like? What's my cost of goods? And, you know, what happens with productivity on the shop floor? And on the flip side, I had my mom really talk to me about giving back to the community and how important it is for us to build and maintain a really strong, closely knit community, because what we give to the community is what we get back. Um, so growing up, it was kind of this, um, well, I don't know what to do. I, you, Dad, you have some really good points on the business and the money. And mom, totally get what you're talking about with the community. And, you know, it came time for me to, to choose a major when I was going through my bachelor's program. And, you know, I thought I was looking through all of these, these programs that, you know, they, they, they were offering at the time. And I looked at human resources and I went, hmm, dad, but profit, mom, but giving back. HR is the marriage. HR, HR is what encompasses us all. So uh, I chose HR. It was a no-brainer for me at that time. And side note, I did not want to do math. And I got into HR for that also slightly <laughs> not impactful reason. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I went through my bachelor's program. I, I you know, it, I've always been hungry for stuff. And I, I think I get that from my dad a little bit. And, you know, he's an entrepreneur and, and, and he's always kind of, he's always encouraging me to, to be the best self, be, be my best self. Um, and I thought, well, what if I did summer courses and applied my credits to my bachelor program and try to get it done early? So that's where London School of Economics came in. I went and did a summer course there, uh, bargaining and negotiation, which uh, thought would never, uh, I thought those skills would never come to use, but I use them every day. Um, I use communication negotiation every day of my life. Um, and, you know, I finished my bachelor's program and, uh, and this was in India. This is still set in India. And uh, my first job out of college was at Goldman Sachs. Um, I, I got on board. Uh, they, they were hiring analysts at the time. And, you know, I thought Goldman Sachs, I absolutely, I recognized their name. Um, I knew what they were about. Investment banking kind of spoke to my, uh, my father's side, if you will. Um, and I thought, I, that's what I want to do. I'm going to get into that. And then they had a human capital management analyst um, position that they were trying to fill while I was going through the interview process. And, and that's what I landed in. I, I, was a, I was a human capital management analyst for Goldman. And uh, best time of my life. I worked with uh, some of the best leaders in the world. Uh, we had, I, I learned everything that I know that, you know, in terms of professionalism, navigating the workforce, Goldman was a very, very amazing place to work for. Um, I learned so many things, you know, I just, I, I can't speak highly, I cannot speak enough of the wonderful things I learned from him. Um, and I was dating my husband, my then boyfriend at the time, and he was at OU and he was going to, he was, he was at OU at the time and we were doing a long distance. Wow. Deal. Um, and I don't know if y'all have done long distance, but uh, that is not, <laughs> that is not what you want to do with the relationship. So I called him one day and I said, you know what, Shank, I, um, 
I think, I think we got to make a decision, you know, either you move back to India so we can continue the relationship or I move up there. And he goes, well, you know, there's this really good school. It's called UCO. I think you'll really fit in, give it a shot, look at their website, give it a shot. And I went, yeah, but if I'm going to quit my job and come there, it's got to be a good deal, you know? So UCO offered me a scholarship. Um, and, you know, I, I eventually got a teaching assistant gig there. And, you know, I thought, you know what, uh, UCO is where I'm going to go. So Oklahoma entered the picture at that point. And, wow. you know, I, I went through my schooling at UCO, a, a great master's program. Shout out to all of the professors and, and, and the dean there. Really, really good people. Um, they gave me a platform to make Oklahoma a home, and I will never forget that. Um, I never will. I remember I was talking to I was talking to all my professors about what I wanted to do because I realized at that point that I needed to put the word out. I'm, I was brand new. I just landed in Oklahoma. I did not know anybody. I do not have family here. It was just me and my husband at the time. Um, and I said, well, I want to continue HR. I had such a blast at Goldman Sachs. Um, and HR is what I want to do. I've seen I've seen how it works and I've seen how it works well. And and that's what I want to pursue. And, you know, I, I was talking I was talking to all my professors. They, I, I had an internship in HR here um, for the first time right out of college. And I fell in love with um, with how HR uh, really impacts the business and really impacts the decisions that leaders make in the organization that then drive the wheels to move forward. And um, since then, I worked at a PEO company. Um, you know, it was a great, great experience. I worked at Next Step for a while. I did payroll for him. Um, shout out to everybody at Next Step. A great, great company to work for. Um, and, you know, I, I worked for another uh, smaller manufacturing company. Um, and, you know, it was a precious metals company that I worked for uh, just for a little bit. And Warren Cat came along and they said, you know, we got a business part. And, and you know, I, here's the thing. If, if there's an opportunity to work with Danny Bogart and Susan Shelton, you do not turn that down. They are great leaders. And I, I jumped at that opportunity and I went, you know what? Uh, the business partnering is what I want to do. So in a nutshell, here I am. That's what I do. <laughs> So you traveled around and I mean, first of all, my first Im impression of you is such a positive perspective and it's so refreshing. I mean, I love to, I, I get energized by people who are positive. So I would think to work with you, you people feed off of that. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it. So well done. Number one. And I love um, how you were talking about, HR impacts um, business decisions. So tell us about how you've seen that in in some of the, the things that you have done so far. And, you know, it's going back in my brain of how you just married the two pieces of your dad owning a business and your mom philanthropic and community. I'm like, all of these things have led to what you're doing, but reeling it back in, Back to my question of how you have seen that HR impacting the business. I think it's um, it's a combination of HR professionals having a business acumen, getting into mm -hmm. doing HR. Um, so yes. we're in the right spot to yep. give leaders guidance and advice on what needs to happen next. Because and and here's my here's my thought on on the business partner and HR side of things is mm -hmm. we are. We are the coach. We are the people 
standing next to the business leaders, enlightening them on, on what kind of paths they could take, right? Because the job of the leader is to lead the business. They are very good at what they do. Um, they know their profit statements in and out. They know the operations in and out. And sometimes they get overwhelmed with stuff. So, and that's that's an opportunity that I see for me to step in and go, hey, you know what? Let's talk through some situations. You know, um, let me highlight some of the things that you need to be thinking about while making a decision. And let me highlight some of the things that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be worried about at this point, right? right. And and kind of guide them to make a right decision while keeping in mind the overall goal of the business. Because in HR, we have a really good vantage point to look at not just the one department, but look at the company as a whole and kind of taking it one step further, being on top of the industry, what are the industry trends, what's happening in oil and gas today, what's happening out in the world, um, how has international events impacted the business and impacted the industry and kind of sort of distilling all of that information into things that could apply, you know? Um, and we talk a lot about retention. We talk a lot about employee engagement. And that's one of the bigger areas that I see um, HR sort of being that that person that you can go and book a consult, right? And, right. and kind of understand where, where you want to go with that because there's strategies involved in getting people to stay with you um, given all of the things that are happening in the labor market, COVID, you name it, right? So right. I feel like there's a lot of um, lot of value add um, when it comes to understanding the holistic picture, not just of the team and not just of your HR policies, but looking outside of that box and going, let's look at the industry, let's look at trends, let's look at what can we do as HR to partner with business leaders to get them to, to you know, identify opportunities like how we are with the business. So, yeah. Oh, yes. All of that. Because what I'm, where my brain went as you were talking is the area of you know, HR is in the gray sometimes. If you're talking about accounting or operations, I mean, you have numbers to look at. HR having a, a business acumen, wow. How much more can you bring to the table when you say, I understand what you're talking about, that this is within the budget or not within the budget or it's costing more. I mean, having that understanding is so impactful, but also, you know, we're doing these things that are, and I'm using not the correct, terms, but it are squishy. It's like, oh, let's make people happy, you know, whenever they're happy. And like, how do you communicate that back to if you have a happier employee, they're going to be more engaged, which then your profit is better. I mean, it's like connecting all of those dots to to our leaders to help, you know, help them to see it. And so, yeah, you brought up excellent points. Absolutely. And um, I, I want to ask this question, working I mean, I love that you said you had the best experience working at Goldman Sachs in India. What have you seen saying, I've worked in India, I've worked in the United States, I've also lived in some other places too. What have you seen that are differences or how living or working somewhere else has impacted how you approach business work today? That is a very good, thank you for asking me that question. That's a very good, uh, very, very good question. 
Um, I think for me and the running theme that I've seen as I've kind of moved around and, and worked in different sort of settings is find your people. Mm. No, I'm not talking about clicks. No, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about people who are your sponsors, mm -hmm. who are who are your mentors, who are people that will talk about you in a room full of opportunities. And I might or might not have read that somewhere on LinkedIn. Uh, not my words, but you know, it's find your people, um, yeah. and you know, kind of translating that into the workplace. And especially in HR, um, it's important for us to find our people who will champion our policies, who will champion our, uh, you know, our, our sort of implementation of our policies or, you know, anything that HR can come. Because here's the thing, um, understanding who your people are will help you navigate the workforce and will help you build credibility as a HR professional wherever you are. Um, and it's interesting because um, we just bought our first home in Norman and y'all were talking about Norman kind of being in college town. I'm, I'm going, I'm rethinking my, my life decision here. <laughs> going, oh gosh, what did I do? Um, <laughs> Oh, but, you know, it, it we can tell you all the ways to, to yeah, travel around it. So you just talk to us after this. Sorry. Yeah, it'll be better. You'll be no, we will. Yeah. <laughs> we will continue that conversation. Yeah. But, you know, um, it, for me, while looking for a home, it was very, very important that I look for a community. Um, I wanted to look for a, a community that we could kind of be together, live and coexist. Um, I see that a lot. And when I moved to Canada, we were in Canada for about seven months and we um, Airbnb our way through uh, the East Coast of Canada. Um, I had the best seven months of my life. And anybody listening, if you are, um, if you have the ability and you have the resources to pack up, go to Canada and backpack for seven months, Airbnb your way through it, do wow. it. Do wow. it because it will teach you so many things that um that you might not otherwise pick up in school you know so um all that to say i digressed a little bit but <laughs> all that to say um finding your people um in a in where wherever you are really really has that's that's one of the bigger things i've seen impacting the way i i look at work and I'll, and sometimes also think about um it's the small things you know mm -hmm. this is a funny story i always like to kind of plug funny stories in here. Um, when I first moved to America, I did not know what a biscuit was. Oh, right. Um, in Oklahoma, right? Um, and my first boss, she said, hey, let's meet for lunch uh, or let's meet for brunch is what she said. She said, uh, there's this really nice diner. They have the best biscuits. I think you'll love it. And of course, I was really young. I, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to talk back to her, ask her questions. So I thought to myself, well, oh, wow, these guys, they, they eat biscuits for breakfast. That's awesome. Because in my brain, biscuits are cookies. You know, so I went, this is not, like, why did I not know about this place 10 years ago? Um, so I went there and I had the, I think that was the only time I've had a really bad culture shock. And I went, this is not what I was expecting. No. It, I love biscuits now. I mean, they're, they're, I love them. But, you know, the first time I put them in my mouth, like, this is not what it is. Right. There's no sweetness here. We, we, learned what, we, learned what, uh, we learned what biscuits were from Ted Lasso. Mm. Right. 
He was right. making his boss biscuits. Biscuits with, with the boss. Right, right. Biscuits she, with the boss. She had biscuits and gravy with the boss. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Right. And you know, and it's it, and I say that I, I say that story because it's the little things, right? Um, I I've learned from that experience um, to sort of look at things from the other person's perspective. Somewhere in this spectrum is empathy, um, you know, kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Um, but I've learned that because what I might be experiencing and what I might be thinking is probably not, and it's uh, probably not the way the other person's perceiving it. Right. Because um, moving through three different cultures in the world has taught me that, you know, perception is everything. Um, and there's a lot of noise between how you how you think you're communicating versus how it's being perceived on the other side. So I strive, and I'm still learning today. Um, I have not figured out the magic potion yet, um, but I, I'm still learning how to communicate fully and effectively through the use of empathy so the other person can understand me and not just understand me, but feel me. Because that, that's that's the impact that a HR professional can bring to the table. Well said. And, you know, I hear you say just even culturally living in different locations. And I mean, it's hard for people who have lived in the same town, even communicating with people in their family. So so it's it is anybody needs to hear that. I mean, I have conversations with my kids or my husband and, you know, it's, I think it's easier with your kids where they sit there and they think you get them to a specific age and they get so annoyed with me as a parent because they think I should know what they know. And, and I have to turn, turn it around and say, I don't go to school with you. I, I don't know what you're talking about, what your teacher said or, you know, whatever. So, so even, you saying that it even applies to just even locally having, having that. And so, you know, yeah. so impactful of, to say, um, having people feel you. Yeah. I've never heard somebody say it in that way. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Hold on. You, um, I'm going to switch gears that you talked about being an HR professional that you and I don't have this, but you follow TikTok because you're trying to be ahead of the game um, to learn what persons are are seeing or watching or understanding about HR from TikTok. So, I mean, I've seen those commercials lately saying, "Oh, I learned it on TikTok." Well, yes. are people learning? <laughs> are people learning accurate items on TikTok or what are you what are you watching on or what are you watching and seeing that you're having to either agree with or get ahead of I think for me TikTok started off as a I'm I'm having an existential crisis I need to do something I'm in bed at three o'clock and I'm staring at this I, you know I, I'm trying to figure out um, why my life turned out this way <laughs> So I pull out TikTok and I'm, I'm kind of just scrolling through. Sure. And um, my theory is that my phone listens to me. So I talk a lot about HR to a lot of people. So I think TikTok has um, kind of picked up on it or something has, I don't know, right. fill in the blank, something happened. And TikTok has, uh, you know, uh, just informational stuff has been showing up on my TikTok for you page. 
um, and I'm still learning all these new lingos. I did not have FYP growing up, you know. <laughs> still, I don't know what that is. It's it's a it's a page that you could scroll through, and it's for you. The content is for oh. you. Okay. So you know, um, so scrolling through the, and you know, I see a lot of recruitment tips. I see a lot of HR tips. I see a lot of here are the three things I wouldn't do if I was in HR. Here are the three things I would do if I was in HR. Um, some of this stuff is very, very, very informational. Um, and I'm I I want I'm all about staying ahead of my clients and my employees. So I can turn around and give them accurate feedback and I can turn around and advise them accurately. So it's and that's the value I bring to the table. So, you know, it's it's so TikTok has become one of the ways I'm staying ahead of it <laughs> to find out what kind of information is feeding, you know, to the other side. So I'm able to go, oh, OK, well, this might be something that might come up in my office. I don't know. Six months You're from prepped now. prepped and ready. You're prepped and ready before. We're ready to go. You know, we, we got we got some strategies and some answers, but um, there's a lot of information that comes out of TikTok. That's great. Um, yeah. And some of them may be applicable in that in that situation, probably not in some other situations, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's been a it's been a great tool. Um, I will never get on TikTok and I will never have a <laughs> anything on there, but I think it's a, a great tool, at least. And I'm seeing now that TikTok is becoming educational which I'm, I'm loving the direction um, that TikTok is going with that. You haven't done a, a TikTok dance yet? Not, not a TikTok dance no, yet. No, um, okay. <laughs> Just wait. Just yeah. wait. Just she will turn on her right? boomerang to get that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, this is, I, I think that's a nugget that we were taking away from this right now is that, hey, TikTok might be your um, HR HR way to understand what some people are perceiving HR yeah. should do. So yeah. um, even just being ahead of, of just gathering information. So, okay. And they have um, some really good dad jokes on there. So that oh, is, uh, that's, that's helpful throw too. That out there. <laughs> a helpful too. All right. You've talked a lot about mentorships on, I would say on LinkedIn and also OCHRS is, um, where it seems that part of your passion is. So tell us about how mentorships piqued your interest and then what do we need to know? I know you talked about, you know, finding your people, but what else do we need to know about that if we were to consider um, being mentored or becoming a mentor? I think men, I think for me, mentorship and, and just the the concept of, having someone to go to, um, you know, call it whatever label, right? Um, I think it, it, it's, it's because I had amazing people and I have amazing people in my life that I can go, hey, I'm, I'm going through this. What should I do? Or, hey, get, talk to me about how you would handle something like this, you know, professional, personal, combination of both you know so for me it, it kind of it started off because I had the person and and if Linda Clark is listening to this um she'll she, she, she'll she'll know what I'm talking about because I um I volunteered to be a disrupt HR member 
um, volunteer um, for Disrupt HR. And I did not know Linda at the time. Um, and, you know, I just sent her a quick LinkedIn message and I'm like, Linda Clark's not going to respond to me. She's Linda Clark. She's awesome, you know? And um, and I wasn't expecting a response and, and she responded. And, and, you know, I just, I still remember that day. I was so happy. I was like, I'm going to volunteer for Disrupt HR. I was telling my husband about it and, and he didn't understand how big a deal it was. And, and I shook him and I said, you don't know how important <laughs> Disrupt HR is to the community, you know? So now he will not, he will not, he knows better now not to, yeah. not to, to do that. But, you know, he, um, I was so excited and I did the the volunteering and, you know, I just, it opened so many doors for me. I met so many people. I, you know, I understood what it was like. I did registration for, for that event um, at that time. And it was such a great opportunity just for me to go out there and network. And, you know, I, I, I took a step back many, many years later, I took a step back and I went, well, what if that hadn't happened to me? You know, um, because a lot of people and throughout the years, I've kind of had conversations with people and asked them, how did you meet your mentor? Because I really, really wanted a mentor figure in my life in HR. So I kept asking people, how did you meet your mentor? And and the and this is not like a research or anything. This is just, you know, just conversations I was having. And most of them said I met, I met my mentor by chance. Mm. And so, you know, I sat at the same table or I you know, I met them at the bus stop, like insert, you know, random thing. Right. And I, I kind of took a step back a year ago and I thought, well, what if, what if we didn't leave that up to chance? You know, something so important to have somebody to pick up the phone and call and go, how do you navigate this? Why are we leaving something that important up to chance? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so I got up one day um, and I thought, OK, we got to do something about that. You know, and at that and in that moment in time, um, I was having conversations with Cecily. Um, Cecily is on the EP. She was on the EP board. Now she's on OCHRS's board. And she had uh, an amazing structure put together for a mentorship program. And, you know, she, she shared that structure with me. I was just smitten with, with just the whole thing. And, you know, I took it and, and I, we, I tweaked it a little bit because um, we, we moved away from doing the one-on-one mentorship just because I always think back to if I were, if I, I were a mentee and I was pushed in front of HR director of 5,000 people, yay, 30 years of experience, boom, go, I'm going to go my cat didn't take a poop today. You know, it's just going to be so awkward. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be so awkward. That was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> Life throws you some curveballs, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I do stupid stuff when I'm, when I'm you know, kind of awkward. So, so I wanted this to be a ramp to setting our mentees up for success right for maybe a one-on-one relationship i don't know right you know at the end of the day you get what you put in to the mentorship program so we so i kind of tweaked the idea i made it a group mentorship program um somewhere along the line i thought of emerge so it's called emerge and (laughs) it's called emerge mentorship it's a group mentoring opportunity 
for HR folk that are getting into the, the industry um, mm-hmm. that have been in the industry between one and four years and are looking for that person to pick up the phone and go, hey, Tara, what would you do in this situation? Hi, Rob, here's what's right. going on. How can I help? Um, you know, so it's uh, it's interesting because it started off as, yeah, I put it out there and I thought, nobody's going to want to do this. You know, I mean, I, just let's give it a go, right? Um, I put it together. We have nine mentees going through the program. Shout out to each and every one of those mentees. Um, they are a great bunch. They're learning so much. They're teaching me so much. And, you know, I and, and there's never a point in my life that I will close the learning book. Um, it's always going to be open. I'm always going to be learning. And they are learning. They, they're, they're teaching me so much. And, and I thank each one of them. And I thank each one of the mentors who have been part of it. Um, we have nine mentees. It's a six-month program. And they meet once a month. We do not just, I call it speed dating minus the dating, where, you know, we, we're group, we're, we're in intimate, authentic group sessions is what we offer to the mentees. And our mentors sort of work with the mentees and deliver those authentic discussions and facilitate those authentic discussions with our mentees. Um, And the other bucket of this is company tours. And, you know, we tour companies in Oklahoma to give our mentees an opportunity to go out there and learn what it's like to do HR. Um, It's interesting because I thought of this idea and I thought, I'm just going to throw this out there and see and see what happens. And, you know, as of today, we've done three company tours with our mentees. We toured the Bethany's Children's Health Center. We did the Homeless Alliance and we've done one cat. Um, Our mentees have come on site. They've seen what we do as a business and they've interacted with HR leaders in the business to understand what HR is like. We chose the three businesses because it gave our mentees an opportunity to see for-profit HR, which is one cat, um, non-profit HR and HR for a health center, which vastly different ways of doing HR, vastly different purposes. So it was an opportunity to open that door to go, you know what, this is a thing, you know, it's different. It's different for different businesses. Um, We do a lot of other sort of partnering sessions with them too. Um, We, you know, the option is always open for them to reach out to any one of the mentors throughout the course to ask him any questions, um, that kind of thing. Um, I've worked with some of the mentees to get their bios up and running because that was one of the very important things that, you know, as an like on, LinkedIn. on LinkedIn, just a bio, you know, if you're caught in an elevator um, to talk to somebody, here's what you would say about yourself, right? Um, oh. it, just very, very basic stuff like that, that, you know, um, that I... For me, my bio came from me sitting and sweating and going, oh, gosh, what do I say in this interview? I know. It's so yeah. hard to promote yourself. I mean, Mar- Raksha, I think I'm going to call you. You can update my bio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, was so, it, it was one of those things where I got, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to say. Um, it, being ready with some things like that um, opens doors for you. You know, it opens doors that you don't even know. So right. giving people the opportunity to say, you can ask me that question. You can ask any one of the mentors that question and we will help you get there. And I do not charge anything. This is free of cost. Uh, this is just community work that I do. And let me clarify, this is this group of the emerging part is currently through Oklahoma City HR Society. 
correct? It is. Um, so it's a, that's an interesting question. It is actually implemented in OCHRS at the moment. Right. And, um, and originally it was a it, pathways originally was, was set up for an OKHR overall, yep. but then you are doing this right now under Oklahoma city HR society, right? Correct. That is okay. exactly right. So we've implemented it in OCHRS because OCHRS is close to home right? <laughs> and, right, right. You know, and, and we kind of put that out there and, you know, we, we kind of, we've had nine mentors. We have 15 people in the, on the wait list for next year now. So that's, oh, a, awesome. that's, that's a, that's an interesting thing. I think I'm going to have to scale a little bit and start thinking about what scalability looks like for this program. So, yep. We're, um, and when you were talking about Cecily, I just want to give a shout out that it's Cecily Jones and she yes. works for Hartwick staffing, right? Okay. Yes, that is exactly right. Okay. So just wanted to clarify who Cecily is. Um, yeah, so that's, but I don't want to belabor this, but it seems like Pathways was a, a program created in 2021, I believe, but then you all have basically put the idea and theme into action. Yeah. So this Thank is, you. This is the round of applause because <laughs> we can think up ideas all day long, but until they get right. that moving part... Well done. So thank you. And and, and huge shout out to, to Danny on that one. I think he's done a great job with the vision of it and, and kind of leading the pathways program. So huge, huge shout out. Yeah. So, all right. Well done. All right. We are um, wondering what is a must address HR issue today that we should, we should be thinking about or, or considering a solution for. Oh, where do I start? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think I think personalized flexibility mm. is something for is is a nugget for us to in HR to be to be thinking about um, and to address because with the age of you know with the post COVID era COVID era ongoing COVID era, you know, um, with all that stuff that happened a year ago and the evolving workforce, because we're having a lot of Gen Zs come into the workforce at the moment. Uh, they have different expectations, um, just the whole gamut. Um, and having multiple generations in one workforce is a game changer. And it's an opportunity for HR to step in and bring all of those pieces of the puzzle together to, you know, make it work, right? Um, flexibility means different things to different people. And somewhere in that mix is a business need. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for us HR professionals to, to look at flexibility uh, through a different lens and also understand how we can personalize flexibility while keeping it standard. Cause you know, there's always, there's always a question of how do we maintain consistency and right. how do we standardize something? So it doesn't seem unfair to people, um, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's an issue. I think, uh, I think we need to address. How you just said that. I was like, it's, it's an oxymoron right there. Yeah. It's like, be flexible, but have a standard. So yeah, 
hi, <laughs> they're polarized. Hi, that, that is exactly right. And then I kept looking up because you, you made the comment of, and I'm just regurgitating this. Somebody I had a meeting with earlier today. She was talking about uh, millennial and Gen Z. She goes, I call them Megs, M-E-G-Z. And I was like, do what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so now there's, there's the new term, the Megs. So anyway, I didn't. But did you say Megs, M-E-G-Z? Okay. Yep. All right, yeah. that is very creative. That really. Yeah, I remember is. if she said Megs or Mags, but either way, it's okay. MGZ. So you can however you want to pronounce it. So yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, backing up. So, what do you say makes someone smart? Ooh. Emotional intelligence. Ooh, good one. Good I answer. think. I think it's a, I think it's, um, it's very important to, especially in the HR world um, and any other world, you know, I think it's applicable to, to every, every other human being because um, we're social creatures, you know, and, and we, we like to, uh, we like to group and this goes all the way back to when we were, um, when we first got on earth and, you know, we needed to hunt a jaguar, you know, um, hunt something to eat, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we realized as, as a human species that we needed to work together to get to where we need to be. Um, and to work together to where you need to be, you need to understand how to work together. And to understand how to work together, you need to have emotional intelligence to be able to meet the other person where they are or meet each other halfway to facilitate working together to where you need to be. Um, so I think, um, of course, there's just standard intelligence, right? Your know-all, your, your, how you navigate the workforce, all that kind of stuff. But I think emotional intelligence trumps um, any of the other stuff yeah. because it, it's how you, it's not what you know, it's how you deliver it that makes the difference. Well, Raksha, we have almost come up with all of our time. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> but we always end, uh, you know, uh, of course, when we hang up, we're going to have conversations about how to navigate the town of Norman during uh, yes. school season. So <laughs> we, we will give you tips and tricks on that. But we always end with end questions. And so since you listen, you might be well prepared for what we will <laughs> ask you. But sometimes oh. we surprise people. So we're going to, we're going to jump into these in the past year. What has been a revelation to you about yourself? That I can do it. I think, um, you know, I think for me, it was, uh, the, this past year has been so amazing. I've been a Warren cat for the past year. So, um, I worked with very amazing leaders and business partners and people. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think for me, um, my revelation has been that I can do it. Um, I can, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I think that is short and sweet and to the point and very much appreciated. So I, I, I like your answer. All right. What mantra or motto do you, do you use for yourself and you like to share with others? Hmm work hard and be nice 
it's on my LinkedIn bio and it's funny. It's, it's been on my LinkedIn bio since, uh, I don't know, I was 17. I don't know. Whenever I got a LinkedIn account, I can't remember when, but, um, it's been on there. So it's been a constant thing that I've, I've, I've kind of gone back to and looked at. Um, and this comes, this is my dad tip number one, <laughs> you know, cause, um, my dad and I are very close and we talk a lot about, um, the business, um, how, how things work and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think, um, I think the constant theme, there, there are two things, you know, I, I think I, w- I would like to say to that it's work hard, be nice and don't get too excited. This is good. This is gonna, this is gonna sound the, the, let me give you context on this. Um, don't get too excited is it, um, it sounds negative, but it's not. But my father, my father constantly tells me this, and I get constantly frustrated with him when he talks to me about this. Um, but I've learned that what that translates to is be balanced, mm-hmm. um, and it's so important as a HR professional and just a person going through the world um, to be balanced and not just your reactions, but your actions um, to understand that being on different sides of the spectrum might might skew your ability to make make you know uh, decisions that are effective yeah yeah well said um all right copying from brene brown which i already think that you are a brene brown fan from i love brene brown oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) what do most people get wrong about you People think I'm not a risk taker. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, that is a thing. I, I, I think it's a thing just cause I'm in HR. Um, and you know, it's a, it, I don't I don't know what it is, you know, fill in the blank. Um, I'm like you, I, you moved <laughs> halfway across the world. I think you have some risk. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and yeah, the, you know, I think some people get that wrong about me and I take risks and, uh, and you know, it's a, I'm not not scared to take. I'm very scared. I get very scared to do some things, but you know, it's a little voice inside my head that goes, "Just, just do it." You right. Know? Feel it's fear. Crazy. Do it anyway. Yep. It, it, feel fear because it's very important because it'll push you to do the right thing. Um, but do it anyway and see where it takes you. The worst that could happen is it would fail, and you can get back up, and it'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. That's hard for perfectionists, though. <laughs> so. You know, and, and it's very interesting. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's very interesting because um, part of my personality is I'm also a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have spent last night scrubbing every floor of my house because I saw two spots. So it's it's very it's very interesting <laughs> that you bring that up. Um, and, you know, sometimes and, and, and it goes back to self-awareness because sometimes I find I catch myself um, looking at an email or rereading a text message before I hit send 5000 times. Yeah. And and then going, oh, did I attach that attachment from the email four days ago? You know, and and it's that self-awareness that I need to consciously kick in and go Raksha you're bringing out perfectionist Raksha. You got to put her to the side. You got to lock her up in a box and you got to take out everything's going to be okay, Raksha. 
and yeah. that's going to be your buddy for the rest of the day you know yeah. so i think um I, I, and and that's that's been a learning. I'm still learning. I, I'm you know I still make mistakes, and you know it's one of those things where I have to go. All right, I'm getting out the wrong raksha. I got to put her back in the box and get the right raksha out, and yeah. uh, and and we'll we'll go from there. So yeah, totally understand that. Totally understand that. Yeah, sometimes it's just that I got to step back. Let's look at yep. the big picture rather than the the one piece I'm focusing on. Okay, um, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with? Ooh. So TV is my recharge time. That's when I charge my phones and I charge myself. Um, Cause when I'm not charging myself, my phone's going off. So <laughs> gotta do both of them at the same time. Um, Grey's Anatomy and The Office are two things that concur. Like, so I, I'm the person that will have two TV shows concurrently running and two books concurrently going uh, and a podcast <laughs> going to at the same time. So, um, so yeah, two TV series. Okay. Got it. The rewatches. I, uh, so they're, I've watched them multiple times. Oh, I, just, wow. I like to, I like to just keep rewatching them. It's uh, something to do with my inner oh, child needing to know that I got control over the outcome. So yeah, it's conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. It's like, you know, you know what to expect. You yep. know what to expect. So, and it's, so it's comfort, kind of like those biscuits and gravy that will become comfort for you. Yes. They have become comfort. It's so funny. They have become comfort. Now I go, I seek out biscuits and gravy. It is so funny. I seek them out. I, you have to go find this spot that's got biscuits and gravy. It's so funny. Hey, we can tell you the places in Norman. So if you yeah, have there a you go. There okay. you go. Uh, what book or podcast do you recommend to others as must read or listen to? Okay, HR leads. I think that's a <laughs> that's that's a win. Um, I think this is a great podcast um, for people to, especially you know, especially people who are trying to kind of get into the Oklahoma City scene and, and that kind of stuff. I think this is, and you all have had some great guests um, throughout these seasons. So thank you for for putting this up. I think this is great. Um, thank you, thank you, Renee just, Brown. Yes. Oh my gosh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Brene Brown. I think Dare to Lead changed my life. Um, and I think that that book has, I, I oftentimes go back to that book because um, I experience some things and I go back and, mm. you know, I, I go back to go, okay, let's, let's think about the rumble and let's think about how I implement that with what happened, you know? So for me, I think um, that book has, it continues to change me. Um, let's put it that way. I need to, I think I listened to that on audible and I need to go back and listen again because I do a lot of times where it's like, Oh, I've done that once. I don't, <coughs> excuse me, do that again. But that one for sure. There's so many nuggets, um, and just how we approach things that helps us to rethink or reframe or redo. So yeah, good plug. Good plug. All right. Oh, let me back up and say, you said that you've had a LinkedIn uh, account since you were 17? Yeah, um, 17, I don't know, between <laughs> 17 and 20 years old. Um, interesting. I've, interesting. It's we, a, we, we interviewed we interviewed Maren Hayden, who is an intern, and she has a LinkedIn account. And I just thought that was the 
funniest thing. But I also think, you know, college students that hopefully college is telling persons get a LinkedIn account. I don't know that. I'm not in college, but hopefully they are telling them that. So the fact that you had one at 17 blows my mind. It's interesting. I had, I don't know how active I was. I probably can look and see how active I was, but I had a LinkedIn account um, when I was 17 and I learned the art of keenly listening when people spoke around me. Um, and, you know, when words, and I do this sometimes too, and I have to stop myself. Uh, you know, when people are talking and I don't understand what they're saying, um, this came from knowing how to speak four different languages, I had to go back and go, okay, what are they saying? Write it down, right? Um, so I I would write down, as growing up, I would write down, write down stuff and go back to my computer. And, you know, and back in the day, we had that big box with the, you know, I'm dating myself, but, you know, a big box with the, you know, large computer, wasn't a laptop. Um, I'd go back and I'd fight with my brother for computer time. And I'd sit, I'd sit there and I would, type out what they had said during the conversation to find out what they were talking about. This skill came up from me learning and speaking three other languages other than English. Mm -hmm. um, so when people would speak a different language, I would, um, I would have to write down those words to go back and Google them to see, okay, did I respond correctly? <laughs> you know, <laughs> did I say the right thing? Um, and I, that, that skill just transferred over to, to and, I, and the reason I bring that up is because um, I had a, um, I, somebody was talking about LinkedIn when I was in school. I did not know what that was. I remember Googling up and I would sign up for everything. That was another thing my father and my mother instilled in me is don't say no to anything. You know, um, do not say yes. no to anything, um, yes. especially when you're an emerging professional. And especially when you're you're wanting to learn and navigate the world, um, if there's an opportunity presented to you, take it. Um, do not say no. So yes. you know, and so I looked up LinkedIn. I didn't say no, and you know, here I am. Same motto. <laughs> yes, my um, niece sent me something one time. I gotta go find it, but uh, it. I had told her when she was going to college, say yes. And she was kind of like, what? And I was like, somebody invites you to go have coffee with them and you've never met them before. Go. You d you do not know what opportunity will be there. So, no, yes. Absolutely. And it's, it's in, my mom pushed me into Toastmasters. Um, and, and I said, no, I, I said no. And she said, no, I think you just, just give it a shot, you know? And I was a nervous, I was a nervous tick growing up. <laughs> To, You're to speaking say, Rob's language right here. That's right. Yeah. Rob's nodding. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was a nervous state growing up. I could not address a crowd. Um, and and I had seen a lot of people that I um I admire, I continue to admire, do that. And you know, I, I remember going to my mom one day and saying, Ma, I want to do what they do. And my mom said, because she was very involved in the community and that kind of thing, she knew Toastmasters. She said, you should try that. And I said, no, I kind of don't want to do that. And she said, give it a go. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, and I did all my 10 speeches, competent communicator, uh, great, great um, platform for somebody to to learn how to public speak. And um, it was it was a revealing journey for sure. Yeah. Okay. Last question, because we, we've definitely taken up a lot of your time. How can people connect with you? LinkedIn, um, email, 
and I can give you all my email address after this. Um, so I can share that out. Um, and give me a call, send me a text message. Okay. Um, you know, here, here to support the community here to help. Um, if I don't know the answer, I will find somebody that does. Okay. What four languages do you speak? Hindi, Canada, French. What was the sec? What was the second? Canada, kind of okay. like Canada, but Canada. Okay. French. Hindi, Canada, French, and English. English. Yep. Okay. So in one of the not English, sign us out, Raksha. Sign us out of our of our of our podcast today. Tell everybody goodbye. This is me trying to be flexible. I'm trying to switch my <laughs> my right brain her to brain, my left brain. Oh, so her 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 eyes are. All right. Yelargu namaskara. There you go. I said, everybody, thank you. Well done. That was exciting. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, thank you, Raksha, for your time. We've had a blast. Thank you for having me. This is great. Thank you.